Okay, so uh, tonight we're going to hear about the Purim story in a way that I presume that we've never heard about it before. And that is after examining many different uh, psukim in the Megillah, we're going to come to the conclusion that we're missing something over here. Something is not right. In the beginning, we examine in Tarek Ches, Pasuk Dalet and Pasuk Hay, Esther comes to Achashverosh and she says, Kinem karnu aniviyami, me and my nation have been sold, Lahashmid, to be destroyed, Laharoig, to be murdered, Laabed, to be massacred. And then Esther adds what seemingly is a very strange argument. Esther says, If only we would have been sold as slaves and as servants, maidservants, Hechrashti! And then I would keep my mouth closed. Because then it would not be worth it for the loss of the king. In other words, Esther says, you know what? If we would have been sold as slaves, if we would have been sold as servants, I wouldn't come here today to petition you. But that's not what happened. We are being sold to be killed, murdered, and destroyed. So what, what is Esther talking about? She's saying, if we would have been sold as slaves, then I would have kept my mouth closed. I mean, who asked Esther to interject? Lu Yitzur, what would have been if something else happened? Nothing else happened. The, the, what happened was, the Gezerah, the decree was, they would be utterly annihilated. So who asked Esther to say, you know what, Achishverosh, if we would have been slaves, if we would have been sold to be slaves, then I wouldn't have come to you today. As if Esther, Esther is giving Achishverosh a bad idea. You know, Achishosh might start thinking to himself, oh, you know what? Instead of killing the Jews, Esther is maskim. She agrees that uh, her people could be sold. I mean, why is Esther even suggesting what would have been Lu Yitzur? Theoretically, the, the Jewish people wouldn't be being killed. They would just be sold as slaves. Why is she offering that? And then what Achashverosh says is even more perplexing. Achashverosh says to Esther, Vayoymer amelch Achashverosh, Vayoymer l'aser amelka, Mihu who has the chutzpah, who has the audacity to make such a decree that the Jewish your people should be wiped out? Who? Me? Who's that? Who is it? What do you mean, who is it? Achashosh, you signed on the document. You're the guy. But Achashosh is making himself uh, ignorant. He's making, you know, I don't know who is it. What, he's playing dumb? What's Achishar saying? He's the guy who signed on the document. When Haman came to Achishar and he said, No, sign here. So Achishar took out his pen and he signed it. And Achishar is making believe, Who is it? Who could do such a thing? I never heard this before. So this conversation between Esther and Achishverosh is really, you know, makes no sense. First Esther says, Achishverosh, I just want you to know, the only reason I'm coming to you today is because we're being killed. But, theoretically speaking, if we would have been sold as slaves, then I never would have bothered you. I mean, who asked Esther to offer Achashverosh what she would have done if something else would have happened? And then Achashverosh makes them, well, I don't know, who's the guy? You know, I never, this is the first time hearing of it, I never heard that the Jewish people were going to be massacred. Achashverosh never heard of it. Achashverosh says to Haman, right? Whatever you want, do to them. Okay, so earlier on, Megillah Sester, when we actually see what Haman suggests to Achashverosh, what does Haman say? Im al-Amelech if it pleases the king, ye kasev le'abedam. 
Please write, what does le'avadah mean? To make them go lost. Not a word about le'hashmid. Not a word about la'araik. Just one word. Yikasev la'avdam. Achashosh, please write la'avdam, to destroy them. And then amazingly, a few psukim later, when the scribes are recording the decree, what does the Pasuk say? Right? Send out the books in the hands of the runners. To destroy them, to murder them, to make them go lost. That's not what Haman suggested. All Haman suggested is, Make them go lost. And somehow this Gezerah evolved. You know, from the, from, from, the, from, the, from the time it exited Haman's mouth until it got written in the written form, it evolved. It evolved from Le'abed to Lahashmid, Le'arogleb. Haman never told Achshosh, I want to be um, Lahashmid them, Le'arogleb. No, just Le'abed. But he told him to go ahead anyway he wanted to. Like what's good in your eyes, which Haman said what's good in his eyes. Le'abed. Where does Lahashmid Le'arogleb come from? Okay. So Abayisai, I believe it's safe to say that none of us have ever heard one comment of the following person on the entire Tanakh. Despite the fact that this person is so important to our tradition that he is one of the links in the Messiah. One of the main links in the tradition of the Torah Shabbat was a man by the name of Rav Shri Ragain. Rav Shri Ragain, together with Rav Haigain, were the two of the last Ga'inim of Yeshiva in Pampadisa, approximately 1,000 years ago. Okay, we're talking the year 1000 of the Common Era, about the year 4700 in the Jewish calendar. Okay? These were the last two Ga'inim in Bavel of the Yeshiva in Pampadisa. Rav Shri Ragain led the Yeshiva in Pampadisa for 40 years. And I want to tell you something very interesting. He led the Yeshiva for 40 years, and then he recorded at the end of his career a sefer called the Shalshelas of the tradition of Tar Shabbat all the way from the beginning of the Tanam until through the Amaram, until the times of the Ga'onim. Amazingly, I'll read to you something that's uh, incredible. The Avudraham tells us, in the name of Sad Yugain, that on a Shabbos that a Gadol Hadar passed away that week, yeah? On the Shabbos that a Gadol Hadar passed away that week, instead of reading the normal Haftarah, you should read Shmuel Aleph that talks about Gala Kavod Mi Yisrael. Okay? That's what the Avudraham brings down from Rabsad Yugain. Not only that, listen to what the Avudraham writes. That when the Rambam passed away, the Klau entered the shul and they read a special Kriya Satayra. Okay? When the Rambam passed away, what was the Kriya Satayra? The Teichacha. Now we know you can't just go into a shul and read from the Sefer Torah. It has to be ordained, it has to be exactly Kalacha. And yet, Avu Jaham records when the Rambam passed away, the entire community entered the shul and they read the Tochacha. They then read the Haftarah from Sefer Yeshua, Moshe Avdi Meis, referring to the Rambam. Says Avudraham, now let me tell you what my father told me. That when Rav Shri Ragain passed away, listen to this, when Rav Shri Ragain passed away, <laughs> instead of reading the regular Parsha of the week, they read in Sefer Bamidbar, Yifgoid Hashem Alekei Haruchai Sechabasar, how Moshe Rabbeinu appoints a successor. And instead of laning the normal Haftarah, they read the Pasuk, Vayikravu Yemei David Lamos. Okay, yeah, that's an amazing thing. 
one time in history when Rav Shri Ragan passed away and Rav Haigon was about, Rav Haigon by the way was the son of Rav Shri Ragan. Rav Haigon was about to be appointed as the head of the Yeshiva in Pompadisa. They read the Haftarah of Ayikavu Yimei David Lamos and instead of reading the last Pasuk, listen to this, Ushlaimai Yashav Kisei David, they manipulated the Pasuk. Listen to what they read. Says the Avudraham. Instead of Ushloima Yashav, they read Vehai Yashav. This guy over here, by the way, his name was Hai. Yashav al Kisei Shrira Avid. So they manipulated the Pasuk in Tanakh. They read Vehai Yashav al Kisei Shrira Avid. Vatikain Machusay Ma'ayim. So this was an amazing event in uh, Jewish history, how upon the death of Rav Shura Gain, they manipulated the reading of the Haftar. Now listen to the following. The following comments of Rav Shura Gain are recorded in the Sefer of the Oye of Yisrael. Who's the Oye of Yisrael? The Apta Rav, Rav Ram Yeshua Heshel, right? It was Nifter in 1825. Now we're familiar with Rav Ram Yeshua Heshel, the Apta Rav was a Hasidish Rebbe, but nevertheless, the... Uh, the Gudayle Hadar of the time held him in the highest esteem. Rabbi Fahim Zalmar Golis writes about him, he was Moifes Hadar. He was the greatest of the generation. Rabbi Yosef Shal HaLevi Natazan writes about the Oye of Yisrael. He says, Kishmoi Kenhu. As his name implies, that's who he was. He was tremendous Oye of Yisrael. So he writes the following story in the name of Rav Shri Ragain. Okay, so what we're about to hear is not only the commentary of Rav Shri Ragain on Megillah Esther, but it's actually a story from Rav Shri Ragain. Listen to the story. There was once a very, very wealthy man, exceptionally wealthy man. And despite all of his wealth, he had one possession that was more valuable than anything else. He had in his possession the Sefer Torah of Ezra HaSefer. Yeah, this is where Shri Ragain writes. This wealthy man, now you can imagine the Sefer Torah of Ezra Sefer, you go to the auction, you go to Sotheby's, you could get, you know, a hundred million dollars. More than all of his money. And the two brothers, their, their whole life, they're vying to Yarshin, to Yarshin, the Sefer Torah. And, Shana, the father passes away, and the brothers could care less about the money. They're not interested in the money. All they want is to Yarshin, the Sefer Torah. And they're fighting, they're struggling. No, the, the, you know, dad wanted me to have it, dad wanted me to have it. It's a whole dispute. They take it to the Bezdin, and the Bezdin issues the following ruling. Make a girl. Make a raffle. So they make a raffle, and Yehuda wins a raffle. So Zavulan is very upset that Yehuda won the raffle. He does, he's beside himself, Bitsar. He, his whole life he's anticipating, yashining the Sefer Torah. And now all he's left with is millions of dollars. He falls into a great depression and he becomes gravely ill. There's a Meshumad. There was a guy in the neighborhood, a, a Jew who had uh, left the faith, left the fold. He had converted to Christianity and it bothered him. It echoed him so much that a Jewish person should be so bothered that he didn't have the opportunity to get a Sefer Torah after he's a multimillionaire. What does he care about the Sefer Torah? And it bothered this former Jew. You're always a Jew. But this Jew who converted to Christianity, it bothered him so much that this guy was so upset he didn't have the Sefer Torah that he decided he's going to dress up. So the guy goes, into, he goes to Williamsburg or whatever the equivalent. He buys himself a langa kapata, a rekel, a stramel. He, has, he puts on long payas. This, this is from Rav Shiragain. And he sneaks into the shul and he goes into the corner and he starts saying to Helen, 
7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, you know, people start leaving, it's winding down. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, he's the only guy in the shul. He makes his way to the Aran Kaidash. He takes out the Sefer Torah of Ezra HaSefer. He whips a razor out of his pocket. He opens up to the Sefer Torah, and the Sefer Torah is up to, in Sefer Shemais, Parik Chav Gimel, Pasuk Chav Hei, Va'avadetem es Hashem Aleikechem. You will serve Hashem your God, and He will bless your bread. Whereupon He takes out the razor, and He erases with the razor the ayin, and He writes an aleph in its place. Instead of you will serve God, we can't even say, you'll destroy Kaviyachal. Now, nobody knew about it. He sneaks out. Anyway, they're up to Pasha's, you know, Tzav. And they're reading Tzav, Shemini, Tazriya, Metzaira, Sefer Vayikra, Sefer Bamidbar, Sefer Devarim. Months pass, Babaracious. And finally, they get up to the Pasuk, Va'avaratem Hashem Le'kechem, the Ba'akairei. What? What happened? It's a Apostle Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah of Ezra HaSefer is Apostle Sefer Torah. The guy, the brother who yashed in the Sefer Torah, he finds out about it. He's Oismensch. He becomes gravely ill. He becomes sick. What are we going to do now? They find out the Meshumid tampered with the Sefer Torah. Even if you call in the Gadol Hadar to fix the Sefer Torah, which you could do, but it's no longer the Sefer Torah of Ezra HaSefer. Now the Sefer Torah has been tampered with. And the brother who yash in the Sefer Torah, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He becomes sick. He's gravely ill. He falls asleep and he has a dream. And the father comes to him in a dream. And the father says, don't worry. I saw what happened. The Meshumid changed the Sefer Torah. He erased the ayin and he put in an aleph. I'll get him back. Tomorrow go to the shul, look under the table. Ayin tachas ayin. The eye of that Meshumid will be laying underneath the table. Aye, but the Sefer Torah is possible. Don't worry. I just called Ezra HaSefer. He's on the way. He's going to correct the Sefer during the night. You just lay in your bed. In the morning, it will be a kosher Sefer Torah. This is a story reported by Rav Shri Ragain. You know, sometimes you hear a story and it's unbelievable. You know why it's unbelievable? Because it's unbelievable. You can't believe it. Right? But this is a story written by Rav Shri Ragain. But Rav Shiragain's not finished. Says Rav Shiragain, this is what happened in Megillah's Esther. Haman comes to Achashverosh and he says, With an ayin. If it pleases the king, write, To enslave them. Enslave the Jews? Yeah, why not? They're good workers, they're honest workers. We'll enslave them. Haman takes the document, says Rav Shri Ragain. He crosses out the letter Ayin. He changes it to an Aleph. Yikasev le'abadam. Let's write to destroy them. So the Seifrim, they see the letter. You know, they use some poetic license. Oh, Yikasev le'abadam, right? Le'abadam with an Ayin means to enslave them. Le'abadam with an Aleph means to destroy them. So the Seifrim see, le'abadam with an Aleph. So what do they do? They write, Lahashmid. Laroig Uliabid says Rav Shiragain. That's what happened in the Purim story, right? They don't teach us in uh, elementary school. But says Rav Shiragain, 
This story that happened with the Sefer Torah of Ezra Sefer sheds light on Megillah Esther. Says the Ayah of Yisrael, now we understand what, what um, Esther is doing. She goes to the king, she says, Ilunim karnu, right? Im la'avadim v'lashvachisnim karnu echarashti achashverosh. If the decree would have remained the way you signed it originally, that we should just be enslaved, I would have kept my mouth closed. But look what happened. Now, What? I never heard that. That's not what I signed. I never heard that before. Says Oiv Yisrael, in the name of Reb Shri Ragain, this is the story of Purim. Haman, Haman wrote Yikasev La'abadam with an ayin. Haman just wanted to enslave them. He then tampered with the document. He took out the ayin. He replaced it with an aleph. The soifrim added on La'ashmin La'aragul Yabid. And that is why Esther says, What Esther is giving Esther is a good idea? No, Esther is saying that's what the document said originally. So Achashur says, What? He asked and cried. He was honest. Me, huze, vieze, hu Hashem, aloi, libay, lasoiske. Okay, Rabbi Sai, good story, no? Thank you. So, Rabbi Sai, what we would like to examine tonight is that we know there's a Pasuk in Sefer Tehillim that says like this. Ulecha Hashem chosed, kiata teshalem leish kimaaseyu. God, you do chesed. What's the chesed? You pay man back according to their actions. In other words, you want to hear the chesed of Hashem? He punishes. You know, like with chesed like that, who needs, you know, who needs einish? But that's what the Pesach says in Tehillim. God does chesed, how? He punishes. So all the Mepharshim wonder, what's the big chesed that Hashem punishes? So basically, the Chidah writes, and we have it here inside from Rabshalim Agansfried, that the chesed of Hashem is that He punishes midah k'neged midah. In other words, Hashem doesn't just punish to hurt someone or to give somebody a miserable time. God, God's punishment is instructive. It's supposed to teach a person a lesson what they need to correct. So you wake up in the morning and you have a bad canker sore on your tongue. So you need to think, you know, maybe you spoke Lashon Hara. Right? Midah k'neged midah. So Hashem's punishment is supposed to be instructive. It's supposed to be instructive. That's the chesed. It's not just, you know, otherwise a person is going to say, why, why is this happening? No. Mida kenegan mida. Now I saw in Svarim, and this is, uh, a, nowadays we may not be on the level to say that uh, if this, if I have a toe ache, I must have done an aver with my toe. And if I have, um, you know, we're not necessarily on that level. We may be so full of averos that it's hard to know exactly, you know, what's for what. But nevertheless, certainly in the times of Tanakh and times of the Tanam and Amram, there's a concept that God punishes midah k'negen midah, measure for measure. So what we would like to examine is why did this gezerah happen in a way where Haman writes, Yikasev la'abdam with an ayin. Haman says that the Jewish people should be enslaved and then he alters and manipulates and distorts the document. Why was that punishment midah k'negen midah? Okay? So I'm going to tell you something over that I heard from Harav Hagoyin Rav Noach Isaac Obam last year on Purim. And uh, an amazing explanation. And he says like this. Uh, this is also, part of this is found in the Shvile Pinchas Parshas Bereshis. <coughs> in Parshas Bereshis, 
Adam and Chava, right? They're walking around Gan Eden, and um, they, don't, they don't know about the clothing thing yet, right? They haven't uh, got into that part of uh, the Sefer. Until, what happens? They eat from the Yetzadah. They eat from the fruit. And all of a sudden, they realize, you know, they got to do something about their matzav. And what do they do? Yeah? There are no clothing stores. There are no department stores. There are no malls. Where are they going to get clothing from? Right? They don't, they don't have a mother to sew. Where, where are they going to get clothing from? So what does the Pasuk say? Vayas Hashem Elohim Number 8 La'adam Ule'ishtoi Kosnois Ar Vayabish God made for Adam and his wife Yeah? Some fitted, uh, right? Custom-made clothing. Custom-made. The first hair. Custom-made shirts, suits, everything. Kosnois Ar. Right? Very not leather jackets. Not just, you know... No, this way, no shotness. You don't have to check it for shotness. Leather jackets. Leather clothing. Kosnoisar vayabishin. Says the Medrash. Listen to this Medrash. Vayas Hashem alekim la'adam ule'ishtai kosnoisar vayabishem. That's what it says in our Sefer Torah. But not in everyone's Sefer Torah. In Rav Meir's Sefer Torah, it says something else. In Rav Meir's Sefer Torah, b'tairasai shel Rav Meir matzu kosov kosnoisar. In the Sefer Torah, Meir, it said, Kosnoisar with an Aleph. <laughs> garments of light, not garments of leather. So the first thing what we have to ask is, what in the world are garments of light? You ever see garments of light? And the other thing we have to ask is that Meir's Sefer Torah was puzzle. I mean, it sounds very, you know, very spiritual, very heebie-jeebie. Garments of light. Yeah, wonderful, but it's a puzzle Sefer Torah. What do you mean? If the Sefer Torah has to have an ayin, so if in Rameir Sefer Torah had an aleph, it was Apostle Sefer Torah? Ah. So, the Arizal reveals to us the following idea. And that is, what in the world does it mean? What are garments of light? Why did Rameir Sefer Torah have garments of light in it? What does that mean? And it says like this. The Medrash tells us that before Adam HaRishon ate from the Yitz Hadas, he exuded, he radiated tremendous light. He gave off tremendous illumination. The Medrash even says that the apple of his ankle, everyone, what's the apple of your ankle? Right? You know, you have like a round bump on the ankle? Right, the ankle. The apple of Adam Arishan's ankle put the sun to shame. That's how bright it was. Now, the ankle is not exactly the most, you know, brilliant part of the body. It's not the most magnificent part of the body. But Adam Arishan was so bright, was so brilliant, illuminated so much light, that his ankle illuminated more light, put the sun to shame, says the Medrash, all the more so his face. What does this mean? So Arizal explains the following, and that is that before Adam Arishon ate from the Yitz Hadas, the soul, the Neshama, actually, right, the Pasuk says in Mishle, Chachmas Adam Tayyar Panav, the light of, uh, the wisdom of a person's face radiates the wisdom of the soul, Chachmas Adam, the wisdom of the soul, Tayyar Panav, it illuminates the face. Right? You see a big gadol, you see the Shekhinah shining forth from his face because the soul actually is like a projector and it illuminates the Panav, it illuminates the face. The object of the relationship between the body and the soul is the soul is supposed to elevate the body to the point where not only is the soul radiating Kedusha, not only is the soul radiating light, but the body is influenced from the Neshama, that the body itself begins to illuminate. 
the body of Adam Arishon before the sin was so bright, was so brilliant, that his face shone more than the sun. Says the Arizal, that was before the sin of Adam Arishon. After the sin of Adam Arishon, what happened when Adam Arishon ate from the Yitzhadas? Rashi tells us, the Yitzhahara entered the body of Adam. The body began to become very physical, very megusham, very corpulent, very dark, cloudy, sullied. The body became very, very earthly, and the body lost its illumination. It was no longer kasnos ar with an aleph, it was now kasnos ar with an ayin. So basically what we're learning is that there are two periods in history. At one period of history before the sin, the body illuminated light, kasnos ar with an aleph, and after the sin of Adam Arishon, the body was darkened, the body became earthly, the body became gloomy, the body became megusham, and that is why we need to wear clothing. Because the body lost its luster. Rev Meir, the Tanner of Meir, was on such a high level, says the Arizal, that Rev Meir was on the level of Adam Arishon before the sin. Through the Torah of Rav Meir, Rav Meir elevated his body to the extent that his goof became kosnos ar with an aleph. His body illuminated light. That's what the Medrash means, that b'tayrasay Meir, it said kosnos ar with an aleph. Rav Meir was like on the level of Adam Arishon before the sin. In fact, the Gemara tells us in Masechta Erevin, on the Afyugimala his name wasn't Rav Meir. But Meir wasn't his name. You know what his name was? <coughs> Rav Nahairai. Why was he called Meir? Shem Meir Eimei Chachamim Behalacha. He illuminated the eyes of the Chachamim in his Halacha. What does that mean, he illuminated the eyes of the Chachamim in, in Halacha? So the Gemara goes on to say an amazing thing. That Rebbe, Rebbe Huda Hanasi, he said, you know, imagine Rebbe Huda Hanasi is the one who redacted the Mishnayis. If we were to ask Rebbe, imagine if Rebbe would come into the room right now and say, Rebbe! How did you become so great? So we would expect Rebbe to say, Oh, because I sat there in the yeshiva and I learned 24 hours a day. Because I learned with tremendous amelos. That's not what Rebbe said. You know what Rebbe said? You know why I was zochah to become the Gadol Hadar? Because I saw the back of Rev Meir. I saw him from the back. And he said, if I would have seen him from the front, I would have been even smarter. Shenemar? In other words, Rev Meir's physical countenance illuminated so much Torah light that if you would merely behold his countenance, that would inflame your soul to the extent that your mind would be filled with Torah ideas. That's what the Gemara says. That the reason why Rebbe was so smart is because he saw Rav Meir from behind. Because as Arizal explains, Rav Meir reached the level of Adam Arisham before the sin, where his physical body illuminated the light of the Torah. Yeah, it sounds very uh, spooky so far, right? Okay. Now the question is, what does that got to do with us? That's nice, Rav Meir was, you know, a holy guy. And he uh, reached the level of Adam Arisham before the sin. And he, his body was like kosnosar with an aleph, not kosnosar with an ayin. His body was not this physical clothing to his soul. His body illuminated light. What does that have to do with us? Says the Chsam Soifer in Parshish Tazriya, that actually it is the job of every Jew, as much as possible, 
to try to transform his guf, which is kasnaisa with an ayin. It's a physical body. It's skin. It's hide, like a behema. What's the difference between the guf of, an, of a human and the guf of an animal? In terms of our physical being, very similar. Says the, the Chassam Soifer, it is the job of a Jew to elevate, to sanctify, not only his neshama, his body, to at least, to some extent, where you remove a little bit of the kasnais ar with an ayin, and you transform it into what we call kasnais ar with an aleph. And that's how the Chassam Soifer explains that somebody who has saras, he says very interesting, someone who has saras, why do we call him the kohanim, or the kohen gadol? We know the kohen gadol, we are the big day kahuna. The Shlach HaKadosh tells us the Big Day Kahuna is reminiscent of the garments of light that Adam Arishon had before the sin. And what the Kain Gadol's message to the guy who spoke Lashon Har is, You, Rabid, it's bad enough you didn't elevate your Kasnas R with an Ayin and transform it and elevate it into Kasnas R with an Aleph. But look what you did to yourself. Now your skin is full of Tsaras. Now you've made your skin even more like a behemoth. But what we're learning from the Chassam Seifer is that it is the job of a Jew not only to sanctify his neshama, to sanctify his body as much as possible, to try to strive to that, reach that level where one's physical guf also has a certain spiritual splendor to it. So the question is, how do you do that? What do you do? You take out, you know, shoe polish and you start shining yourself. What do you do? What do you rub? Your suntan oil... How do you transform your physical flesh, which was kasnois ar with an ayin, into kasnois ar with an aleph? How do you do that? Cream, moisturizers, perfume, soap, right? How do you do that? How do you transform kasnois ar with an ayin into kasnois ar with an aleph? So there's a very interesting safe for chamra tava who begins to try to explain. He says, very simple. You know how to transform Kosnois R with an Ayin into Kosnois R with an Aleph? We know, how do you make a Sefer Torah? You take hide of an animal, you tan it, right? That doesn't mean you sit it out in the sun. You write, you le'abed with an Ayin, you, ta- you tan it, l'shma, and you write the words of the Torah on it. So says the Chamra Tava, we know, if an animal dies in the street and you don't shecht it halachically, could you eat it? No. Could you make a Sefer Torah out of it? Absolutely. You could take a Nevela and make a Sefer Torah. So you take the hide of an animal, you write the Torah on it, and then what you've done in effect is you've transformed R with an Ayin unto Torah R with an Aleph. But the Sefer Shvile Pincha says, that's good, you've transformed the animal from an Ayin into an Aleph. But what's that got to do with you? So the animal has been elevated, but you haven't been elevated. So, the Shvile Pinchas, uh, Pinchas Friedman, who's the Reish Kailalim of Chasidei Bells, he offers a fantastic explanation. And he says like this. <coughs> and we're going to add in a few things of our own also. The Gemara Gittin on Dafsam Muhammad Bey says, God made a deal with the Jewish people, right? He made a bris. Now, what's a bris? A bris is not some kind of... Uh, piece of paper, yeah, I keep my end of the deal, you keep your end of the deal, and we take the paper and we put it somewhere else. That's not a bris. Because if the paper is in the drawer and you're doing whatever you want, that's not a covenant. What's a bris? A bris is like bris milah. Wherever you go, it's there. You're always reminded. Says the Gemara in Masech Gitin, 
like Karas HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bris Im Yisrael, Ela B'Shvil, Dvarim Shabbat The deal that God made with the Jewish people is through the oral law. Not the written law. Not the Chumash. Chumash is very holy. We take it out, we hug it, we kiss it, but then we put it back in the closet, and then we go home, and we're in our beds, and the Torah is over there. So what's the Torah? The Torah is a bris. The Torah is not a bris. Yeah, you come to shul, you kiss, you hug, you stand up, and then you put it back, and you don't even think about it. That's not a bris. A bris is something that's in you. So the Maral explains, Taira Shabbat is the bris between God and the Jewish people. You know why? Because where is the Torah Shabbat written? Written in the Gemara? Halachically, it's not really allowed to be written down on the Gemara. It's only because Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was afraid that because of the Yeridah Sadaros, we forget about the Tarsh he allowed us to, to write it down. You know where the Tarsh is written? What's the cloth of the Tarsh What's the parchment of the Tarsh The parchment of the Tarsh is the tongue, is the mouth of the Jew, the mouth of those who learn Torah. The mouth of the Jew is the cloth of the Tarshabapeh. In fact, it's brought down in the Hakdama of the Shev Shmaitzah. The Reb Shimbayechai said that if I were around at Harsinai when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, I would have asked for two mouths. One to learn, one to do business. What does he need two mouths for? Why, you know, he, he's not going to speak Lashon Hara. He's not going to speak Sheker. He's not going to speak during Chazar Sashat. He's going to speak Torah and he's going to do business. Why can't he do it with the same mouth? The answer is, imagine if on our Sefer Torah, in between words, you wrote down, you know, how much your stocks were worth. <laughs> There's a puzzle Sefer Torah. So Shimba said, really, if I was at Harsinai when God gave the oral law to the Jewish people, I would have asked for two sets of cloth. One mouth to learn Torah with, one mouth to speak other things with. Not that the things that we may speak are in fear are wrong or sinful. It's just you can't write them on the Sefer Torah. That's how the Shev Shmaitz explains that Gemara. The Beis HaLevi says it a little bit differently. Beis HaLevi says, what's the cloth of the Torah Shabbat What does it say in Mishlei? Kasveim aluach libecha. The Torah Shabbat is written on our hearts. It's written on our hearts. That's what we said many, many times. Then when Moshe Rabbeinu got the written law, the Luchais, the Luchais were shining. But then when Hashem taught Moshe Rabbeinu the whole Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu was shining. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was now the living Sefer Torah of the Torah Shabbat Peh. Beis HaLevi says that's why Moshe Rabbeinu had to wear a mask. Because as the Medrash says, the Luchais illuminated, Moshe illuminated. Moshe illuminated. And that is why the Gemara Mako say, look how foolish people are, right? The Sefer Torah comes out, oh, everyone say, you know, I don't know what they're doing with the hand motions and the kissing and the hugging, but everyone's into the Sefer Torah. And when a Tamachacham walks in, you know, you like give a little shuckle. Just the opposite. The Tamachacham, written on Tamachacham, is Torah Shabbat Peh. Right? Kamat Zifshoi Hai Inshi. The Kami Mikami Sifra Torah, like Kami Mikami Gavarabah, the Gemara Mako says. So a Tamar Chacham is, and I, not, you know, we say, a living Sefer Torah, a living Sefer Torah. You know what that means? That is a reality. This Torah Shabbat Peh is written on the tongue and the heart of the Tamar Chacham. So it says Rapinchas Friedman, the same way the Torah Shabbat transforms physical hide of an animal into Torah are, when a person learns the oral law, He's transforming his physical 
earthly megusham body, and he's elevating kasnaisar with an ayin, and to kasnaisar with an aleph. Through what? Through learning Taira Shabbat. A beautiful pshat. That is why, by the way, the Chassam Soifer says this explicitly, which individual succeeded in transforming themselves into Taira R with an Aleph more than anybody else? Rav Meir. The Taira Soifer, Rav Meir, Ksiv, with an Aleph. Why? Anybody know? Do we ever paskin like Rav Meir? Do we paskin like Rav Meir? Nope. Why not? Because his Torah scholarship was on such a lofty level, we couldn't comprehend what he was saying. <clears throat> but that means he had perfected his Torah mind so much that he completely transformed his physical self from Kasnesar with an Ayin unto Kasnesar with an Aleph. But this is really the job of every single Jew to transform not only his soul, to transform his goof into something that illuminates, as something that radiates. And therefore, we come to the following. What caused Adam Arishon to lose the Kasnasar with an Aleph and turn into Kasnasar with an Ayin? How did he lose it? How did he lose it? <coughs> he ate from the Eitz He ate from the Tree of Knowledge. That act of eating transformed his physical body into something spiritual. <coughs> what was Haman trying to do? Haman wanted to destroy Klai So Haman's thinking to himself, how am I going to get them? Oh, I'm going to advise um, Achishosh to invite them to the Suda. How is that going to destroy Klai Yisrael? After all, the food was kosher. And uh, even... So, you know, what's the big deal? And even if it wasn't the best hashkacha, I mean, you chayv misa, you're not chayv misa. Even a Jew who eats a treif, they're not chayv misa, it's just a love. Well, what was Haman trying to accomplish? Big deal, the Jews ate at the Suda Rachashverosh. So, what does the Gemara tell us? The Gemara tells us in Mesech Techulin, Haman, Minatayra, Minayin. Where is there a remez to Haman and the Taira? Hamin ha'etz. The Eitz Hadas. When uh, Adam and Rish- Harishon ate from the Yetz Hadas, God says to Adam, He says, Hamin mm-hmm. Did you eat from the tree I commanded you not to? So let me ask you a question. Hamin That's Haman? But it's a crossword puzzle. Oh, I found Hey Memnon, like New York Times cross. Hey Memnon. Okay, Haman. What does Haman have to do with Hamin Ha'etz? Says the Arizal. And the Sefer Mishnah's Chasidim and the Menei Saskar. You know what Haman was trying to do? Haman's thinking to himself. What I want to do is I want to create havoc and devastation and Misa in the same way that that original snake did. Now we know when the snake ate, caused Adam to eat from the Yitz Hadas, it caused the Yitz to go into him. It transformed him from Kosnois R with an Ayin to Kosnois R with a Aleph. That's what happened. It physicalized his body, transformed his body, and it brought Misalaylam. So Haman, Hamin Ha'etz, Haman we know, was not only acting like the snake, there are so many sources. Haman was the Nachash Akadmaini. Haman was the reincarnate, not of 
a human of the Nachash, he is the Sitra Achra himself. Haman is trying to reinstate, reinvoke, bring back, be ma'orer, arouse the sin of the Eitz Hadas. So he advises Achashverosh to have the Jews be Nene from the Suda, bringing out the sin of the Eitz Hadas, which is reminiscent, the Hanah from the Suda, is reminiscent of the Hanah from the Eitz Hadas, causing the Jewish people to further physicalize their body and divert further away from the Aleph into an Ayin, becoming more Kosnoisar with an Ayin than Kosnoisar with an Aleph. That's what Haman was trying to do. So therefore, the Rebbein Shalom says like this, right? I heard this from Rabbi Obam once, you're transforming the Kosnoisar of the Aleph into an Ayin, by eating from the Eitz Hadas, by bringing out the sin of the Eitz Hadas. So, Mida Kenegen Mida. Haman comes to Achashverosh. He says, Yikosev Le'abdam with a Ayin. And then he alters and he distorts and manipulates the document from Yikosev Le'abdam, according to Rabbi Shiragain, to Yikosev Le'abdam with an Aleph. Jewish people, you're being Nana from the Suda. You're transforming your body from Kosnoisar with an Aleph into an Ayin? The punishment was what? From an ayin to an aleph. So what shuva do the Jewish people have to do? They need to rectify that. They need to bring back, uh, re-illuminate their goof, bring back the kosnesar with an aleph. How do you do that? There's only one way to do that. There's only one way to bring illumination to the goof. Tyre Shabbat what happened on Purim? We know that the Gemara and Shabbos tells us that when Hashem offered the Torah to Klai Yisrael, what happened? God suspended the mountain overhead like a barrel and He said, If you accept, good. You're going to be buried over here. So we know God stuffed the Torah down our throats. He forced us to accept. Says the Gemara, but don't worry about it. We accepted it willingly in the times of Purim. <coughs> Ask the Medrash, what? God had to stuff the Torah down our throats? That's not true. We know when God offered us the Torah, what did we answer? Naser v'nishma. So what does the Medrash Tanchuma answer? The Torah, Shebuch he had a stuff, right? We accepted willingly. The Torah Shabbat we said, Nasev and Ishma. The Torah Shabbat we had to be forced into it. When did we accept the Torah Shabbat willingly? Purim. Why Purim? Why do we accept the Torah Shabbat willingly? Purim. So according to what we're saying, it's beautiful. Because what was the Avera that Kla Yisrael did in times of Purim? They were Nenef from the Suda, which caused them, that caused their body to become more physical, to become more kosnoso with an ayin, to divert further from kosnoso with an aleph. And then Klaiso realized that was their avera. How did they realize that was their avera? Because they realized how is Hashem punishing them? Because Haman wrote Yikasev Abdam with an ayin. And then he was able to alter the document to Yikasev Abdam with an aleph. So they realized God is punishing them, Mida, Kenegin Mida, for diverting from the Kosovo with an aleph. So in order to rectify that, what does Klaiso do in the times of Achashverosh? Hadar Kebluha Bimei Achashverosh in the times of Purim, Klal Yisrael accepted the Torah Shabbat willingly. And when Klal Yisrael accepted the Torah Shabbat willingly, what does the Megillah tell us? 
La Yehudim Haisa Ira says the Gemara. What's Ira? Tyra. I understand. The, the Jews had Torah the whole time. Jews had Torah the whole time. Haman wasn't trying to take away the Torah. Why does the Megil say La Yehudim Haisa Ira? And why does the, the Megil say La Yehudim Haisa Tyra? According to we're saying, that is the focus. The focus was that Adam Maria, that Haman succeeded in being Ma'ayra, the Chet of the Yitzhadam. He caused us to be like Adam Arishon, turning the Kasnas of an Aleph into Kasnas with an Ayin. And we needed to change that back by being Makabal the Tarshavah Peh, which we did, La Yehudim, Ha'isa'ira. So Purim is a time for us to focus on the fact. You know, on Hanukkah we celebrate spiritually. But Purim is a time where you have to take your physical goof, which on the outside is no different than any behemoth. It's no different. Yeah, you have an ashama, of course. The human in total is greater than an animal. But how is the physical element of the human being greater than an animal? The answer is, you have the opportunity to transform your physical goof into klaf, into etzem ha-toyra. Etzem ha-toyra, right? If we were to take Reb Chaim Kenevsky, it's more Kedusha than a Sefer Torah. Because on him is inscribed, Kol HaTorah Kula. And that is what we all strive for. We strive to transform the Kasnais R with an Ayin, to Kasnais R with an Aleph. And when the, during the Yimei HaPurim, when Kla Yisrael was Makabal the Torah Shabbat Peh, it's a time for us to accept Biava, the Ol HaTorah. Very interesting, the Medrash Tanchuma says that why is it that Klaiso did not accept the Torah Shabbat Peh willingly when Hashem gave it at Harsinai. Why not? Beautiful. Gemara Brachas, Shabbos, Erevin, Tzachim, beautiful. Says the Medrash, it's beautiful, but it's very difficult. The Medrash says, in order to learn Torah Shabbat Peh, it's Koshek Ke'aza Ke'maves. It's like death. It's like death, the matter says. And the only way to learn it is through Avas Hashem. But the greatest pleasures in life are those that come with effort. And on Purim, Purim is a time when we express our tremendous Ava for Hashem, for saving us from Haman, and we achieve the level of Kasnaisar with an Aleph, Ayyudim Aisa Aira, Rabbi Sai, Afrelechem Purim.